Our fans are so passionate in Green Bay. There's a 50-year waiting list for tickets. And, uh, they pack that place every single year, and they live and die with the Packers. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Is on. Rogers scrambles He's left, winds up, rain bomb. He's got time to the 10 to the yes. To the end zone. Touchdown. Just really, really thankful I got to be the starting quarterback of the Packers for 15 years. You know, that's why it's been so bittersweet, is because um, I love that town so much and I have so much love for so many people I've met over the years associated with that. Uh, the game has given me a ton. I've tried to return that as much as I can, but that town, that region, that state has given me so much love and support from the day I was drafted, which was obviously controversial, to when I took over in 2008 and went in the Super Bowl, uh, all the incredible memories over the years. for 15 years. You have to be in organization for 18 years. Like 18 years, that's a, that's a teenager. You know, that's, that's becoming an adult. And that's what I did there and it was because of the people I met there and the places I went and, and the times that I had. So, man, I love you, Green Bay. Thank you. And uh, I'm as sad as, as uh, some of you are, but, uh, you know, we'll meet again. Rowdy will meet again. In the Super Bowl, maybe? No. Preseason game. Jets, Packers preseason. I don't think Rogers will be playing, but <laughs> especially if it's not the first one. <laughs> yeah. oh, I love you, Aaron. I miss you, already. Now, Rowdy, you got any? Uh, I know you do. You got some favorite Aaron Rodgers moments? God, there's a lot of them. I mean, you can just start with Hail Marys. Yeah, Hail Rogers. But tilt the belt on. You have the Hail Mary in Detroit. You have the Hail Mary in Arizona. I mean, technically, I guess you could use the Randall Cobb. I don't know if I'd really consider that a Hail Mary. The NFC but North Dagger? Yeah, no, a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Dude, that game against the... Oof. How about the Jared Cook toe tap? That. Oof, with the Mason Crosby boy. field goal? I mean, Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round game against the Falcons. The dude was surgical. He was throwing lasers out there against the Falcons. Insane. Um... I was in attendance against the Kansas City Chiefs when Aaron Rodgers, I think he put up five touchdowns. The Chiefs, that was when the Chiefs hadn't scored, a, their wide receivers hadn't scored a touchdown in a whole year. They ended up scoring on that game. But Rodgers was just a man possessed against the Cardinals at Lambeau Field. Uh, Chiefs, I'm sure, uh, sorry, Lambeau Field. I was at his worst game ever. That was the Cardinals game against Josh <laughs> Rosen. I, was, I didn't attend that game. That was terrible. Um... God, I mean, there's so many good ones for Rodgers. The Hail Marys, like you said, Rowdy. The 
the run in the playoffs, all on the road to win that Super Bowl. Rodgers was the man outside of, I don't know, he wasn't the greatest against the Bears in the NFC Championship game. But, my God, leading up to that, the dude was a monster. Great Super Bowl, too. It just... Well, one of the other things, it's kind of like the Brett Favre situation here. You're going to remember certain plays, like the ones we kind of just named, but overall, you're just going to remember all the great throws from all the years. Yeah. All the great games. I mean, just, just him hitting Jordy Nelson, for example, like, it's like every single catch between him and Jordy Nelson, they had some kind of chemistry that you could never duplicate. Like, when he targeted Jordy Nelson, he almost had, like, a perfect passer rating. The dude in the toe-tapping from Jordy Nelson was insane. And then he moved on to Devontae Adams. Insane. And Rodgers, you know, making guys, you know, much better than what they really were, how he could elevate players around him. He was insane. Rodgers literally dragging teams to the NFC Championship games that had no business being there on his, on his back. It was insane. Now, the other things that we're going to remember, just like Brett Favre, it's not only the moments, it's not only the great play for a decade and a half. It's also going to be that for a huge chunk of his career, when he was at his prime peak, they didn't give him much weapons. I don't. And he was throwing to... It's crime, it's di- crimes against humanity. Yeah, he was throwing to discount wide receivers from the, you know, the $5 movie bin. If that. Yeah, Ted might have been digging it on the $1 movie bin, Rowdy. You've never even heard of half the movies. I mean, people were trying to argue with me that they were going all in when they got Jimmy Graham or Martellus Bennett or insert some other bum in free agents that you never heard about. I mean, what the weapons that were never given to Aaron Rodgers, it's crimes against humanity. And then Ron Wolf, what was his biggest regret with Brett Favre? Never getting him enough weapons. Now, the same people that are like, yeah, you're right, Ron Wolf, you should have done that. Now they're like, Rodgers had everything. Well, what are you talking about? What did he ever give? Yeah, he elevated everyone. <clears throat> Getting angry. Line one, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, how's it going? Um, I, I, market plunger? Is this market yeah, plunger? Hey, buddy. This is. I'm, I'm trapped. You guys got to come. Someone has to come help me. I was taken uh, hostage by Aaron Rodgers, and now he just left me, so I don't know where I am. Are you in complete darkness in the retreat? I, well, yes, but I popped my head out, and I'm just like in the woods oh, so you, you might be in the hills of Oregon. Oh, that, that's probably it. <laughs> I can't help you, Market Plunger. You got to you have to be like Grizzly Adams, work your way out of there. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I, I feel violated. I was held hostage. Jeez, how are you feeling about are... how are we feeling about the Rogers situation, my man? Besides fine. him being kidnapped, or you being fine. kidnapped? Fine. I, uh, you know, it's a, it's a smart move. We we can get something for him. He can go somewhere. Business wise, uh, yeah, smart move. Um, I'm grateful for him. He was a great quarterback. Um, and I'm excited. I'm actually excited to see love. Well, that's good. A, a, Someone's got to be, you know, a new, uh, a new beginning. He may be terrible, but I'm still excited to see him be terrible. <laughs> I don't know. You know, are you going to be excited that he's terrible when they're like winning three games? Well, yeah, yeah for that year, I'll give him a pass after that. And okay. Then it's, then we got problems, but you know, no, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if he'll be good or not. But Rogers seemed to think he's. What did he say? Is the kid's a star or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. He's great in practice, and he's you know, you know, star. I mean, he's looking good. Yada yada yada. That's a vote of confidence. He, you know, obviously practice doesn't translate to games. But when you got one of the all-time greats saying that, that's at least going to give you a, a temporary boost. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm. Uh, the whole thing I'm fine with. I, I, You're I'm at peace. 
besides being yeah, in the well, woods of Oregon? Yeah, I mean, well, what's the point? I mean, get all mad and not change anything? It's just fun I to stir get, people stir people up, you know? Yeah, that is fun. It's fun to see them. It's fun to get people squirming. Out about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy getting so. people squirming. It is fun. Your little montages were good. Almost brought a tear to my eye. Thank you. I made that at four thir- or five thirty this morning. It was. That's it a just lot came. It just came to me. You know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. It really is expensive too. Market <laughs> plunger. We, we love you, buddy. <laughs> All right, love you see too. See you guys uh, later. See you. Uh, Vega Manjani saying those were the guys Rodgers wanted. Uh, then he lists Greg Jennings to Jordy Nelson to Devontae Adams. Greg Jennings was nothing after Aaron Rodgers. Devontae Adams. Uh, Greg Jennings was nothing after Rodgers. Jordy Nelson. And Rodgers was the connection. Devontae Adams didn't make the playoffs after he left the Raiders. They stink. Uh, MVS? MVS didn't do anything in the Super Bowl. He did nothing. The Packers didn't retain him. Uh, Let's see here. Marshawn Lynch once told Aaron Rodgers, tell Ted Thompson to come get me. You know what Ted Thompson did? He went out and watched Division Three football players tape and said, maybe I can draft these guys. Is Martellus Bennett... Going all in and free agency, Vagabond Johnny? Is uh, the lifeless body of Jimmy Graham going all in? I mean, Rowdy, what are the notable free agents on offense that helped out Rodgers? Jared Cook for a, a, a half couple games? Yeah, it's, it's few and far between. Again, once we got past that Greg Jennings, Randall Cobb, Jordy so, so, Nelson. So the start of his career? Yeah, th- once you got into about... Hmm, 2015, half of his best years from 11 to 17 were playing with the ghost of James Jones. We're playing with Jeff Janis. We're playing with Jared Abraderis. A young Devontae Adams that isn't nearly the Devontae Adams of the last few years. You want to talk about weapons? Rowdy just said it. He's in an NFC championship game playing with Jeff Janis, Jared Abraderis, and the ghost of the hoodie. James Jones, what what weapons are those? And then there really was no tight end to speak of post Jermichael Finley. Like they searched, Finley got hurt. They searched all over, and what did they come up with? Martellus Bennett, which was a disaster. Jared Cook, who unfortunately was hurt for half that year. When he did play, he was solid. And then it was Jimmy Graham who never lived up to that contract. And then we were talking about Rob Tunyon that had one and a half good years. Like, (laughs) and then the weapons are one thing, but Aaron Rodgers was so good. The thing that I'm more upset about because there was some talent there, like Devante was ascending at those times. Jordy and Greg Jennings were really in their primes. Randall Cobb was in his prime early in the in their careers. Yeah. But it was the defense. Yeah. The defense was horrible. It was like Clay Matthews. Well, obviously when they won the Super Bowl, you have Clay Matthews was a young player. Charles Woodson was on that team. Nick Collins was on that team. Desmond Bishop had a hell of a year at inside linebacker. Like they had AJ Hawk. Like they had good players, but then after that Super Bowl, obviously Woodson's no longer with the Packers. Yeah, Nick Collins breaks his neck. Uh, Clay Matthews becomes the captain. Desmond Bishop tears his knee up. Like this a is- lot of things happened, and the defense really never got replaced back to the Super Bowl caliber. And then at the same time, they kept drafting defense and drafting they defense didn't draft and the drafting wide defense. In the first one since two thousand two, and that was where the real crime was. 
is the fact that they were so bad at right. drafting defensive players. It's terrible. They were never adding to the offense because Aaron Rodgers patched up the offense because yes. he was so freaking good. But All yet right. they missed so many defensive players, it hurt the entire roster. Lay here in the darkness. If I just lay Think about playing, retiring. Would you lie with me? Packers would not lie with you, Rogers. The, the Jets will, though. Joe Namath gonna give you his fur and his number twelve. Yeah, saw that. Of <laughs> the caption, was it soft rock music? Is this you consider this rock? No. Soft rock music plays. This sounds more like adult contemporary. I would agree. They play this on magic. I always thought this was the fray for like in like the late middle 2000s. Would you think if, if we had the resistance at the time this would play on there? Probably. Yeah, probably. probably. So alt rock? Yeah, a little alt rock. But yes, you can do this for Aaron Rodgers. I don't think the Packers uh, would like Aaron Rodgers laying in, with him in the darkness. It just wouldn't happen. As we'll get to some Rodgers clips coming up here. If I like you. But Rodgers went into the darkness, 90% retiring, 10% playing. And he said the Packers told him that he's an all-timer, obviously, and he should retire a Packer. When he came out of the darkness, he said something changed. And it was clear and obvious from people, his sources in the NFL, a lot of players, the Packers were shopping him around, telling other organizations completely different what they were telling him. But apparently that was happening before he went in. Rodgers' timeline's different. Yeah. But then Rodgers... And Rowdy, you said this. Rodgers, the season coming up, what do you think he's going to do? I think he's going to have a monster year. It, it just felt like it. You know, again, talk about a little bit of a chip on the shoulder. Chip on clearly, the shoulder. Clearly, yeah. him in the front office for Green Bay, they are ready to move on from each other. Mm-hmm. Maybe the two parties didn't necessarily like each other. They were, you know, the relationship had processed. Bob McGinn said... That a, Brian Gutekunst said that they were disgusted with Aaron Rodgers. I think that report holds a little water now, doesn't it? Doesn't it? All, all I know is that he's going to have a monster season. And then you look at the Jets roster and the fact that they do have a really good defense and some up-and-coming talent and they're signing players. Yeah. I think Aaron Rodgers has a monster year. I don't think I don't think the Jets win the Super Bowl, but I think he has a big year. And someone bet you on that, right? It was was it yardage for Rogers? Yes. What was it again? Vagabond Johnny and I have a bet. I have Aaron Rodgers over three thousand six hundred yards. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I just want Johnny to know he has done that in every single season. He's been a starting quarterback in the NFL (laughs) outside of two years, and that was when he broke his collarbone both years. And oh, by the way, in the one collarbone year, he still almost made it to three thousand yards. Yeah. Uh, let's hear from Rogers a little bit here. Johnny, you're screwed. So I watched. <laughs> you are screwed, Vagabond. <laughs> Easy, buddy. Barring an injury. I watched it live when it happened, and my jaw hit the floor a couple times. Uh, I was nodding in agreement with Rogers. Got a little tearful when he was talking about how much love he has for Packers fans. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you watched it live, RJ. Yeah. What was, what was your reactions as it was happening? To me, it was really nothing new. Like, I. I my. My. I mean, he, he expressed his displeasure in not being told right away. Yeah. Um, his timeline differs from the Packers. Uh, and I don't understand how... He didn't seem bitter. No, but he seemed a little offended yeah. that when well, he, he went in... He likes transparency. Like, right. I think there was only when one went, issue. 
when he went in, he was he was happy that they were singing his praises. Yeah. But when he came out, they wanted to trade him. Like, I think the only thing that he wanted differently was the Green Bay Packers to say, hey, we're actually just we're going to move on. Yeah, it seemed like he wa- I mean, he wanted o- upfront and open honesty. And I think the if Packers the, didn't give him that. Yeah, the to him. Packers. I think if the Packers would have told him when he was going into his darkness retreat, hey, we're actually we're we're planning on moving on. We think it's Jordan's time. Thank you for everything here, but we're moving on. Mm-hmm. I think there would have been a lot less of this quote-unquote drama. So here we go. I'll, um... But on the other hand, he could have also told them, I'm very much leaning towards retirement, and then they wouldn't have had to worry about selling him. Yeah, I, will, we'll well, I, I see both oh, sides. So but it's I. like, I think oh, it's oh. actually a good thing that they're moving on. Yeah, I think for both parties, I can see it from both angles. Whether If you're a Packers organization, organization I can see it if you're Aaron Rodgers. I get it. I just I don't get why anyone's bitter at anyone. Nah. It's just it's over. It's time. I don't get the people that are mad at Rogers over the interview. It was very like you shouldn't be mad at anybody. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's his name? Former Packers front office guy who is on Twitter. In, uh, oh, Andrew Brandt. Andrew Brandt. He's like he's kind of a knob. But, but what he, you saw the tweet? Yeah. He's like what Rogers just did solely helps the Packers in negotiate. Yeah, totally. Uh, here, oh, here's some comments. We'll get into it. Uh, Rogers first said the. Uh, this wasn't a decision day for him on the Pat McAfee show. He said he did it last Friday. Uh, apparently, when he made it known that he wanted to be a Jet. So, I guess that's when Trey Wingo's tweet kind of came out. Uh, but Rodgers then talks about the timeline for him. Initially, the Packers told him he was welcome back. And then there was a change after the darkness retreat. Take a Everything that I was told in the week that I was in Green Bay was, take as long as you want, and we want you to retire Packer. You know, you want to come back and play. Obviously, the door is wide open. Um, so that was the information that I was, going, that, was, that I was going on. Now, when I came out of the darkness, something changed. I'm not exactly sure what that was, but something changed. Whenever, whenever I just hear that phrase, when it came out of the darkness, uh, <laughs> I, I can't. I was in the darkness. Stuff I really gets a little, can't just take that phrase. It came out of the darkness. <laughs> molded by it. Brother. All right, here's more from uh, Rogers saying, you know, he initially thought mostly about retirement uh, when he went into the darkness. Here, take a listen. I got to admit, I went into the darkness 90% retiring, 10% pulling. That's where my mind was. My mind was, I'm, I'm tired of this. I hadn't got back into my workouts yet. And I thought that that was what was best for me. So I went in the darkness to contemplate a lot of different things. But one day I spent entirely on the uh, reality I was retired. And one day I spent entirely on the reality that I was coming back and playing. And by the way, uh, like Ben Kenny and other people had said that Rogers lied about his darkness retreat, that he only went in for two days. Rogers again confirmed it was five days, four nights. And by the fourth night, he's like, all right, I'm. I'm ready to get out of here. Like uh, I've done all I can do, but you know he stayed. But then there's this. Uh, Rogers uh, talks about you know the Packers' thought process changing. It was clear to me at that point that although the Packers were going to say the right thing publicly, that they were ready to move on. And I can I don't know what changed that or what moved that. If they said, hey, you know, we need to make a decision here because he hasn't made a decision yet. Um, again, there's no victims here. I'm not sitting here as a victim. You know, I love Green Bay. I love the fan base. They're incredible. So something happened with the, I think what the Packers brass, they're like, all right, Rodgers is literally in a, a hole for five days. He has no cell phone. He's got no service. Now is our time to pounce. Let's get in on shopping him because they want to move on. Obviously, yeah. they want to move well, on. Well, and yeah. remember, I think they just—I I literally think they use that time frame of him being away from anything, everything, 
to pounce. Remember, yeah. I, don't, I don't remember the exact timeline on when, you know, he goes into the hole. They start talking about it about this, but it was a very close timeline to those two things because remember, all of a sudden, I believe it was Bill Michaels was playing a Brian Gutekunst presser, and yeah. Brian Gutekunst is sitting there saying, and everyone made a big deal. He's like, oh, my God, Brian Gutekunst, he didn't say they want Aaron back. His dialogue has changed. Everything has changed. And then remember right before that, it was a Bob McGinn disgusted. article that said they were disgusted with him. Yeah. Uh, it did change a little bit. There was a time frame in about a week where it did change. Whether that matches up exactly with him being five days in his darkness, I don't know. I'd have to go back and, and pull no, a bunch just, of things. It's the same, but time, there, it's the same timeline. There right? definitely was a change in how they were talking about things. Because I remember when Rodgers went into the darkness, then like 12 hours later the Bob McGinn report came out. And I literally remember saying classic Big J move to drop a, a hit piece on someone when you know they can't respond. I know for a fact that was the timeline. Uh, Rodgers continues on saying he's not upset, but he wished there would have been clear and honest communication up front. I just think I wish that in the beginning of the offseason that had been the conversation because I love direct communication. If they had just said, listen, we think it's time to move in a different direction and we love you and you know, you're going to be a Packer Hall of Famer, you're going to go in the hall as a Packer, we're gonna, you know, retire your number, whatever it might be, you know, but it's time to move on. I would have said, man, thank you so much just for telling me that. See, but it does go both ways. Totally. Oh, yeah. At in at a point in time in that interview, and I don't know if you have a clip for it, but he talks about how he was 90-10 leaning towards retirement, yep. right? Yep. And they asked him, did you share that with him? No, he didn't. Like, so if you were really well, so thinking about retirement. Time, need right, time, time. But at least share that with them that, hey, I'm really leaning towards retirement. Well, I think he wanted and, a full answer, like a 100% answer. That's why he went to the darkness. I'm just assuming. No, but. I know that. But at least let the Packers know, right now I'm leaning towards retirement, sure. but I need to go take care of some stuff and reflect on what has happened and can I get back to you later. Now, I get where you're coming from, RJ. I don't think it changes this at all. I, no, I think I, this I actually. Either, like, I think it actually accelerates it's, it. It's more or less the the fact he wanted them to be open and honest, but yet he still didn't let well, them. I know think he wanted a full answer. His mind was like he was though. still him and Han. I think he wanted a complete answer. But, like, he, but they were still giving him time, right? Yeah, and that's and he used that time but to he go then to the darkness retreat. Could have retreat. said, "This is what I'm thinking right now." Yeah, but he didn't know for a hundred percent. I know that. So he that's why I think he's did the darkness retreat then to, to know completely when he came out. That, that's just assume. I don't think assumption. his. I think if he would have told the Packers, "I'm ninety ten leaning retirement." I don't think it changes the Packers' mind. I think no, it, strength, it, it strengthens yeah. their position, saying this guy is 90% out, yeah. 10% in. We already like love. We drafted him. We're grooming him. We're going with love. I don't think anything changes if he told the Packers he was 90-10 out. I think what does change is then they do that. Well, then we're going to move on from you. I think that comes into the light if he lets them know. After the darkness. Where before the darkness. Oh. Because even then, <laughs> if they come back, if he comes back and he's like, I really want to play again, then they start the dialogue of, well, where do we want to move you? Because yeah. we talked before you went in. And so, like, it, it's the communication has to go both ways, and it doesn't sound like it did. I think this is. And yet, it's two people, or two ships passing in the night that forgot 
to talk to each other. Well, the thing that I I think is biggest here is clearly there is some friction between Aaron Rodgers and the front office. I think he doesn't and, like Mark Murphy either. And there has been. Yeah. But both t- both parties wanted kind of the same thing. I think they both wanted a breakup. Yeah. Neither one wanted to be the first one to to make communication. Yeah. Yep. And then neither ended up making clear and crystal communication. Yeah. And then there's a little bit of bitterness still mm-hmm. because there was already bitterness before. Yeah. Right. And he even talked about how he doesn't really blame yeah, play this it. new regime. Yeah, I'll play it. Okay, do you have that? Yeah, I'll play it. Um, I'll, I'll play a couple more quick, though. Uh, it, it's like breaking up. You know the first time you break up with a girl? Yeah. You're like, you want to, but you don't want to hurt her feelings, and you're like, eh. It well, it depends deep. on everyone, I guess. Yeah, People, it does. You don't like, really want to, hey, but you know you, you should. You start talking a little less. You become yeah. a little distant. It's like, is something wrong? Like, no, 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 no nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. Oh, but I'm going to hang out with the boys tonight. Yeah. Something <laughs> wrong? And then feel like, hey, we need to talk. Hey. This is awkward. Well, Rogers. I should have said this about two months ago. It's not you, it's me. What you, I, I invented it's not you, it's me. I invented that. <laughs> you can't do that. I invented that. <laughs> Stole my move. Well, Mark Murphy's the biggest dumbass in the world. Mark Murphy, uh, he was at the WIA State Girls Basketball Tournament, and he's the one that's like, I can't say anything, yeah. but, but I'm going to say everything. But we're moving on. And then Rogers was like, okay. <laughs> so Rogers spoke about Mark Murphy's message to the public. How it actually isn't surprising. It was just disappointing. Look at the track record from the guys sitting over there to what happened with Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb and Julius Peppers, Clay Matthews, Brett Good, on and on and on. It's just a way of doing things that you don't want to bring it back. That's fine. It's a business. But there's a way of doing it that allows the man to keep the dignity. And honestly, that's some of the stuff I was fighting for a couple years ago. You laugh at Brett Good, but he was there for a long time. And you remember when they brought in some other long snapping scrub and he sucked. And it and it made made uh Mason Crosby look like absolute yeah. trash. Then they brought in finally they're like, okay, we can't whoever this bum is, we need <laughs> yeah. to bring someone else in. And then else. it got back on track. Yep. People laugh at the no, long set, uh, the just, long I snapper, love, but I just he, love the inclusion. He was actually in good. It's like three guys who are going to be in the Packers Hall of Fame and Brett Good. <laughs> Brett Good, but I mean Roger Rogers got chastised for this a couple of years ago, saying that he want the veterans treated better. Yeah, and and look how what happens. Rogers becomes exactly what he didn't want to happen well, to other veterans. And the best part is since that rant when he was like. I just, we just need better communication internally. It had been going really well up until these two sides didn't talk to each other, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Rogers does say, though, uh, the process could have been handled a little better. If we want to be about family and want to be about loving, taking care of our people, like let's put our actions where our words at. Because it's really important to me. That part is important. And now I'm the person, and, and look, I'm not offended by any of this. I'm not a victim by any of this. I don't have that mentality. Nothing but love and appreciation. It's been bittersweet. He's playing the victim card. Yeah, I got a bunch of people messaging me. I've never heard a guy say he's not a victim and then just play the victim card. Like, did we listen to the same interview? No. It's just like the... uh, You just want to hate him to hate him. It's just when, like, he was getting ready to go into this darkness retreat and he was talking about uh, the quote from uh, Ted Lasso during the darts game. Yeah. Be curious, not judgmental. Yeah. And... What were people be doing Judgmental. as he was getting ready to go in there? It's like, I don't care how you go spend your free time. No, I could care I less. Don't. Like, if you go home and you just post pictures of your cats all day, 
I'm not offended like, by that. If you that. go home and you pound a bunch of Bud Light and scream at the TV about sports, and that's your way of like escaping, I guess, some kind of reality, go for it. If, if but if you, you want to bag on a guy for trying to get his mental health right in right. some darkness retreat, and you, you have a problem with that, then that's on you, not on Rogers. But like in this scenario, all he did, he didn't accuse anybody of anything. He All he said was there could have been better communication. He's not mad about it. He understands their side of it, but hopefully they understand his side. Yeah. And he let them know Friday he wanted to be a Jet, and they told him, take as much time as you want. They didn't say you have until free agency starts. They didn't say you have until trading starts at this time. They didn't say, hey, you actually have until right before minicamp starts. No, there was no timeline. Mark Murphy did kind of say before March 15th. Okay, that was, that's Mark well, Murphy, though. Yeah. Well, that was like the only one. That's as the a, one person who yeah. said it. and that, that we know of. According to him, he's not totally involved in the football operations. <laughs> I know, he's an idiot. As a communication professional and somebody <laughs> that has a, a degree in this field, you know what we learned in some of those classes, RJ? The biggest issue in every single company and organization is communication. Correct, Amundo. It is. That's funny. <laughs> and very true. Uh, Rogers, real quick, also... Uh, Speaking of communicating, a lot of people are communicating their displeasure with Rodgers having a, a demand, a wish list for the New York Jets yeah. of who he wanted. Rodgers went on the offense over that. <laughs> he said that is com- erroneous on all counts. Take a listen. You say some bullshit. You know, there's, sometimes it's not even worth it. But like I said, you know, I can't remember exactly what the something that the Rappaport said or something. When something gets out there and then assumed to be true, then it can take on a life of its own. It can go from, oh, there's a conversation about 20 different players to, oh, he wants, you know, these guys to be signed. Otherwise, he doesn't want to come. It's like, come on, what are we talking about? He went on to say, too, he's like, if a, if someone called me about Alan Lazard, of course I'm going to sing Alan Lazard's praises. Yeah. If someone asked me if I wanted Odell Beckham Jr., who wouldn't want Odell Beckham Jr. on their team? If someone were to ask me about a guy that I've played with and can vouch for, of course I'm going to vouch for him. I like the Diana Rossini. I think that's her name. <laughs> yeah. And then like, yeah, that's, that's her. That's her. And then he also told, he said Adam Schefter reached out to him, and he goes, I texted Schefter back. I said, lose my number. Good try, though. Adam Schefter tweets out. He took a screenshot of the text message, sent it out yesterday, and said, confirming Aaron Rodgers' report. And I love it when they brought that up. Yeah. And he goes, oh, we're just doing that now? Yeah. I'll send it out. And, yeah. and McVie's like, no, 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 no. He's confirming your story. And he's like, oh. Oh. I, I love Rodgers with his vendetta against these boneheads. Uh, and then finally for Rodgers, uh, he does talk about he's thankful. Uh, they're thankful for his chance to be a Packer. Um, take I, don't, I don't have any malice towards any of those people. Um, our fans are so passionate in Green Bay. There's a 50-year waiting list for tickets, and uh, they pack that place every single year. And they live and die with the Packers, and it's just there's nothing like it across the league. And, and I'm just really, really thankful. I got to be the starting quarterback of the Packers for 15 years. So there you go. The little snippets of Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show, and apparently he said last Friday is when he made just like he made it known. I don't remember him like saying I'm playing for the Jets, but oh, he, I mean, he never said it out loud, did he? No. Yeah. Well, I, recall. I mean. There's there's we discussions you can have privately yeah. with your organization. Yep. He, that's what that was. It happens. It happens. All right. This is uh There you go. There it is. I was wondering what the heck was playing. Yeah. It was the, the lead into the song. That was the music video. It was the scene. <laughs> it was a scene where the band pulls up and hits the guy.
not a perfect It's for you, worst Brewers fan. Rogers, you're not perfect, but my God, you were close to it. That almost perfect quarterback rating all time. Man, they just don't play. They just don't make music like they used to. They really don't. <laughs> they don't name bands like they used to anymore either. Hoobastank. <laughs> we'll come right back. A little. This is like the end of MTV music videos. Yeah, this is it. And it's also the end of Aaron Rodgers' career at the Green Bay Packers. I miss you, Rodgers. I just want you to know. Where Joe Namus for a coat. Kiss Susie for me. Are we gonna see Aaron Rodgers wear eight again like he did at Cal? Just don't wear yeah. just don't wear Crocs. Well hold on, let's see if that's a retired number. Hey fellas, good morning. Corey, what's up, dude? How much? How are we feeling today? I can hear you guys are going through the feelings a little bit. I mean, I'm on cloud nine every day, but it is a little it's like raining on me. Today's a little morning, you know. Corey, I feel well, I fine. This afternoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's why I so I had a couple points to make that thinking back through the week as we've been discussing this or you guys have been discussing this. And yeah. Rowdy, you had a really prescient point the other day in terms of talking about the Packers are a multi-billion dollar corporation, right? And that they are going to have multiple options laid out um, no matter what, you know, depending upon what happened. So <clears throat> I look at it this way, trying to separate out Rogers, the man from Rogers, the player. Rogers, the man, Love the guy. The man. I like his quirkiness. I like his outlook on life, all that stuff. It won't conform Rogers, to the, the man either, Corey. Yeah. Rogers, the, the player, and then you have the corporation. You have the outfit, kind of like the mafia. It's just business with the Packers, <laughs> right? They have to kind of take into account, okay, I'm sure they picked up through the grapevine that he was like 90% ready to retire. But like, well, there's still that 10% he might want to play. And they have to kind of start thinking about whether or not what we're going to do. So that was one of the options you mentioned the other day, Rowdy, saying like, okay, they're going to have option A, he wants to come back. Option B, he wants to retire. Option C, he wants to play somewhere else. To an extent, I understand Rogers' annoyance, what have you. To the same extent, though, this is an intramurals, right? He has to realize that this is like when he's kind of like taking offense to them looking around, like I get the, the the natural inclination to be offended, but then he also says in the same breath, but I don't have any ill will and it's just a business. So, okay, well, which one is it then? So I'm not annoyed with Rogers per se, but I'm just more like trying to understand like what's kind of going on here. And that idiot Mark Murphy really did have oh, issues. giant last idiot. Week when he comes out, he's like, <laughs> well, you know, if it doesn't work out, <laughs> <laughs> That's and a good one. To come back and play. That's so, good. like, if you want to make money, play poker with that guy because he'll just tell you what his hand is. <laughs> pretty much every. <laughs> well, you know, I got no- I got nothing here, so I would have to bluff my way through this. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Alfred E. Newman. So that's one observation we got. Well, that's one thing. Like, Rogers, yeah, some of the things he said was probably him being a little bit in his feelings when the corporation and technically Brian Gutekunst in the front office, they're not supposed to have feelings. It's like, watch Moneyball. That's why Brad Pitt sent Jonah Hill in there because he didn't want to be friends with the players because he had to cut them, he had to trade them, and that's just the manner of the business. It's business, baby. So when it... And so when either side is saying, like, okay, I don't want to be the bad guy in this, it's like watching parents get divorced who are the kids, right? Nobody wants to be, quote, unquote, the bad guy. But Who's the bad guy? 
separation. They're eventually going to both come out. Yeah, they're both going to come out looking not optimal, which that's just. And Corey, that's why I'm at peace uh, with relationships it. Relationships break. Yeah, like I'm at the same point you are, Rowdy. I guess I went through this. I'm in the anger stage. I know you'll get through it because I don't think that I was will. the other observation I had, and I don't want you to take offense to this, but no, take I look at it as that. Did you ever? Did you ever watch Lost? Of course. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Do you remember the episode The Constant? You gotta remind me what happens in it. So the constant was that Fitzhugh went back through the little contraption that. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The really smart guy had made. Yeah. He's like, you have to pick a constant. This constant was going to be Penny. Yeah. And, and for me, when in your youth, your constant is usually your sports heroes. Yeah. Like your, yeah. your, your load stars. That was far, but like Bo Jackson and D.S. Sanders, all those guys have gone away now. And I think some of what you might be feeling, Ebo, is that Aaron Rodgers was like the guy you grew up with in your youth. It was far, it was far, but I like how Rogers just sticks it to the man. But you're still, well, you're only like your early 30s. So like when Favre retired, I was like 31. So it's like kind of the okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. realization that your youth is now gone to some extent. <laughs> so that's why I said, don't take offense to this. I'm, no, so I, like, Corey, I've never been offended in my life, so you're fine. It's kind of like a dark way to look at it, yeah, in my kidding, cynical geez. Gen X kind of way. But I get it. I'm getting old, okay? I understand. I'll, I'll all these players are going to come and go, and they're all going to eventually leave at some point. Eminem, Eminem said it best, Corey. They're like Rick Bleepers, Flair. they come, they go. Yep. But I do know one they're thing, like, They're like Rick Flair. Diamonds Diamonds and Rick Flair forever, just like the Packers. So, <laughs> good James Bond movie, too. Diamonds exactly. Corey, we love, you, we love you, bud. Everything's yeah. good, though? You're at peace? You're at peace with Rowdy? I am. I'll be interested you to see you know, how people feel when... Uh, Love is chucking balls at guys' feet next season, <laughs> and they're three thirteen or three or fourteen. More will be revealed, and Corey. Wish, wish I could join you guys tomorrow. Sounds like a blast. Have some rumplemen. Oh, you'll hear uh, us drinking uh, live on air. Rumpies. I'll have yeah. oh, rumpies. We love you, yeah, Corey. Some dead Nazis. All right, take her easy, guys. See, but you just say dead Nazis? Yeah. Best kind of Nazis a dead Nazi. I need me one hundred Nazis. One hundred Nazis. Nine two. Good morning. And you will give Wanted to call in and do this yesterday, but watching that NIT, ooh, what a <laughs> rock. Did, hey, did you have, like, feelings come up and bubble up inside you and never knew existed? It's like you're hitting puberty all over again, and you saw that first, like, Pam Anderson poster, and you're like, damn, the NIT got me feeling some type of way. A national championship coming up. Honestly, not even just the NIT. I mean, it was just Stephen Crowell. Give me a poster of that. Anyway, well, they make uh, posters of him, but they're just not going to be like looking like Pam Anderson, but that's fine. He did really great yeah. after that missed alley-oop. Yeah. I just, man, he uh, he dunks with two hands several times. Yeah. I, I understand. <laughs> I understand that they're playing against smaller guys and smaller competition, but he missed a number of wide-open dunks in the Big Ten season. Yeah. And, uh, Turns out he's got him- to take on Bradley and secure all. <laughs> Well, to see him, you know, hitting threes, to see him and Wall passing to each other within the post, it's like, that's not... Vagabond, I don't want to... Vagabond, Johnny, I don't want to rain on your parade. Like, we're up against the break, and we have to take it within a certain time frame. Do you want to stay on hold? Do you want to call back in? Do you want to get it in, like, in a minute or less? I'll stay on hold. I'll stay on hold. Okay, okay, cool, cool. I I just want to make you have your peace, because I know it's going to be good. All right, let me touch and hold, buddy. All right. So, Rowdy, you're at peace. Rowdy's at peace in life. Which is rare I for can, Rowdy. I can see it. Rowdy's from like both, never had peace. I can see it from both sides. Both were maybe Rogers wasn't <laughs> as much ready to move on, but now he's.
come to that same assessment that he's ready to move on. He wants to play for the Jets. He's he's ready to go. Packers are ready to go with love. The only thing that I have kind of to what Corey and Marshall said is Packers front office and head coach have officially put themselves on the clock. I'll have to say they, I notice. They better not have missed on this one. <laughs> they better not. I'm still angry. Roger, you're at peace, right? I think it sounds like. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm angry. I'm in the anger stage. When you work in athletics for five years, <sighs> you lose all that sensation. Ah, I just like getting people I, I lost stirred up on the airwaves. As soon as I started working for a sports team, I lost the sensation. Welcome in. And this guy chose his song, his walk-up music today. Our guy, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Robbie, good morning. Good morning, my boys. How are you? Well, we just had a listener call in last segment and said he feels like uh, that he's we're putting on a funeral service. And he's at the wake, and we're leading him, <laughs> showing him all the, the beautiful pictures of you know the deceased and, and sharing memories. and. <laughs> Ebo's at peace, or sorry, I'm at peace. Ebo's grieving. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the hard grieving process right now, Robbie. How about yourself? I, I view it more as the potential for a party and a parade. This is a rebirth. <laughs> so you're doing a little jig in the parking lot, uh, so no one else can see you. You dancing over the deceased. Ebo, hey, Ebo, I've told you this time after time after time. <laughs> this is this is a man who has taken you nowhere the last 12 years. That at the end of the day, really matters, right? You can have all the NFC North titles you want. You can beat the Lions twice a year, every single year for as many years in a row. You can you can be the number one seed in the NFC and get to conference championship games. But if you're not getting the Super Bowls and you're not winning Super Bowls in Green Bay, Wisconsin, all that other stuff is window dressing. It does not matter. You know, you you never got the main course and the dessert, Ebo, the last <laughs> decade. You you know, you got all the appetizers and and. And you got an okay meal, but at the end of the day, you know, you're leaving that table pretty damn unfulfilled. Mm. And, and and this, again, this is one of the more talented guys we've ever seen, certainly one of the more talented guys of this generation. Um, but his playoff disappointments far outweigh, um, you know, anything he did in the regular season or those MVP awards. And we're looking at 12 straight years, guys, you know, where, where he's had pretty miserable and dreadful performances where he's let down not just the fan base but the organization too in these big time clutch moments he has not got it done um he's 39 years old we all know the financial implications i just you know it, it's kind of more never to find out what you have in the other quarterback uh because if, if you know if if this was a year you asked jordan love to come back and sit on the bench for a fourth straight year evo his his party and his camp was going to be yelling and screaming to get out of town um, so you don't have to cross that bridge now. You don't have to go down that road. Um, I just, you know, Rogers was as mediocre as mediocre gets in 2022. I get it, guys. You, you can put up with some of his nonsense when he's coming off back-to-back MVPs in 2020 and 2021. But when he's a mid-level quarterback like he was in 2022, um, it gets really hard to stomach some of the stuff that you have to live with on a day-to-day basis. And, um, 
you know, so so here we are. And, and, and you hope both sides, um, you know, can, can find their happy place, right? You hope that it works for Jordan Love and the Packers. And, you know, if Rodgers gets all his buddies to New York with them and he tries to go win games with Mercedes Lewis and Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, you know, more, more power to him, I guess. But I just – I think this was inevitable – and I, I think the divorce needs to even happen a year or two ago, guys. And it's, um, you know, and from the Packers standpoint, which should be what the fan base around here is really the most worried about, not the Aaron Rodgers standpoint. I, I, I think it's a, I think that it's an exciting time, an exciting opportunity. Um, they get a chance to see what the next guy can do, and I think he's got a chance to be really good, guys. And and now, and now they're going to find out. You know, he's 15 years younger than Rodgers, so you, you, you know, you the page now to a guy who could lead you for a decade and maybe even longer. So Robbie, obviously it's the end of the tenure for Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> now without, without giving me the answer of ending it earlier, what is one thing you would have changed post Super Bowl till now uh, in favor of Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers? You, you, you mean to help Aaron Rodgers? To, to help him. More? What would you have done differently if you were the GM post Super Bowl Till now, because obviously yeah. they haven't, they they didn't win a Super Bowl. Well, you know, and a lot of, and let's be honest, a lot of that is on the quarterback, right? Um, twenty fourteen NFC title game, his passer rating is fifty five point eight. He's terrible in twenty sixteen against the Falcons in the NFC title game. Dreadful in twenty nineteen against the Forty Nineers. He was he was a little better against Tom Brady in twenty twenty in that NFC title game. But but, but specifically to your question, Nelly. What's the one thing I would have done? Take one of those first-round defensive draft picks that you had along the way and get him another weapon, uh, maybe in the passing game. But you know, but at the flip side, Aaron Rodgers can't cry too much about the weapons that that he was given through the course of time. I what mean, if, if, I mean, if, if well, come on, Evo. I mean, if you think of the one stretch in time, you know, where where where, where he had Greg Jennings as, as his one, drivers as two, Jordy Nelson as a three. James Jones is a four, Randall Cobb is a five. And that was twelve years ago. Was his tight end? You, you're right. It was a decade ago. But you know, you know, for the overwhelming majority of and that they won a Super Bowl. Jordy, yeah, Jordy Nelson. Well, and again, I I would argue back that a lot of that is on the quarterback and subpar play in some of these really really big games. Now, Rob, I'll fast forward a little bit. He had Jeff Janis, uh, Jared Everett, and the ghost of James Jones, and a very young you Devontae know, Adams, and he dragged them there so, to an NFC Championship game. Well, that was in 15, if you remember, when all the injuries hit. He had to throw the Hail Marys, right, against Arizona against Arizona that day. Um, so, I, I yeah, right, that was the year Jordy Nelson blew out his D and things like that. So that, 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 that was specifically a rough year. But, I mean, Devontae Adams emerged into the best, you know, or certainly in the top three wide receivers in football. There was a five-year window where Jordy Nelson was in the top five to eight wide receivers in football. I mean, He's had weapons, guys. You, you you can't, you know, you you can't knock Ted Thompson and then later Brian Gutekunst for, um, you know, leaving him without a whole lot. Other than this year, and now now I, I will give you this year with with the young guys and and the, and the misses that they had in free agency with guys like you know Sammy Watkins. But again, Aaron Rodgers needed to be there in May and June and develop some level of chemistry and synchronicity with these wide receivers that you know. If, if you think about it, guys, you know he didn't get on the same page with with these young wideouts until about November, and that's one of the other things that frustrated the organization so much is they looked and they saw and they said, "Man, 
really all in in the offseason, making 50 and change, $50 million and change like he was, and now he's on the books this year for $60 million, he would have been there for the offseason conditioning program. He would have been there for the OTAs and, and the mini camps, and, and he would have had some level right of, of chemistry with these young rookie wide receivers prior to November. And when did they get hot, guys? They got hot at the start of December. They won four in a row. The offense looked dramatically different. And then he melted down in the fourth quarter of the second half of the Lions game like he has so many other times in his career in big moments with the Packers. I mean, Evo, if you if you flash it back to that Super Bowl in 2010 and just how brilliant he was that game with the 304 passing yards and the three touchdowns and no turnovers and things to that effect, I mean, he was – we, we, we thought he was going to be all world, all level for, you know, and, and, and a, a three or four times Super Bowl winning quarterback over the next decade. And he had a, every chance in the world to do that. And in these big moments in these big playoff games where the, where the Michael Jordans and the Tom Brady's of the world have come up so big for so many years and won all these championships, that's when Aaron Rodgers fizzled, guys. And, um, you know, so I, I again, specifically, I guess, Nelly, to your question, Maybe get him a maybe get him another first round wide receiver or a tight end after after uh, you know Jermichael Finley's neck injury ended his career. But other than that, I mean, I, I really think they surrounded him with enough talent to have left there with three or four Super Bowl titles, and he left with one. Robbie, you know what I think the biggest crime was is the fact that when they won that Super Bowl, obviously you had a lot of those weapons. But when you look at the defense, they had. Clay Matthews, B.J. Raji, I mean, they had Charles Woodson, Nick Collins, Desmond Bishop had a hell of a year. But you look at a lot of those guys got old and left or had career-ending injuries or were never the same. I think the biggest malpractice was how bad they were drafting defensive players because they missed so many times. The defense was still crappy, and therefore they had to patch that those holes and not give him the wide receiver or the tight end or the skilled positions. I I really think it was them being so bad at drafting defensive players in that timeline. That's what really killed them. Well, you're not wrong. Um, they, they certainly had their share of misses, especially in the first round um, with, with, with some of the guys they, they swung and missed on there. But I, I will, I will say this though, Nelly, you know, 2011, they did rank that they ranked 32nd in the league in total defense, but that was a year you know, they were, that, that was obviously the 15 and one year when they started out 13 and all, and 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 guys, they were up most weeks 31 seven on people, and and by early fourth quarter they go prevent, and an opponent would throw for 187 yards in the fourth quarter, and a lot of those numbers got skewed. Now they were really bad on defense, obviously in the playoff game in 2011 against the Giants, and, and it took them a couple of years to put it back together. But but they did have a championship-level defense in 2014. I mean, 2014 is going to go down as the greatest disappointment, I think, you know, right now maybe in, in the history of Green Bay Packer football when, when they had a 99.9% chance to beat <laughs> Seattle, Seattle with three minutes to go. That was a, deep, that was a defense evil that worked its way into the top five by Ugh. the end of the year because if you remember what they did, they took Clay Matthews that year mid-season and they put him at middle linebacker from outside linebacker. They had enough outside pass rushers. That, and, and Clay completely fixed the run defense, and they and they still had enough pressure to get mm-hmm. to quarterbacks. They were playing outstanding football. That's a year that they undoubtedly should have won a Super Bowl. They probably should have won a Super Bowl in 2020 
if they win the home game against Tampa Bay. And Tom well, I, Brady. Real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt, Rob. I mean, you have Brandon Bostic making the most boneheaded play ever to deny Rodgers a chance, and you got Matt LaFleur being a complete pussbag and kicking a field goal and letting Rodgers do his thing, who was having a good game. Well, even in that Seattle game, okay. you had Julius Peppers telling yeah, Burnett, well, Burnett to, Burnett get, to down. get down. But, guys, do you remember how many interceptions Russell Wilson threw in that Seattle game in 14? Well, I mean, yes, there's moments we can point to that, too, but the Packers had okay, it in the bag. No, Brand, it literally, you can point to Brandon Bostic and be like, that's why sure, they lost. You, you absolutely can, but, Evo, here's, here's my counter-argument to that, and, and your point is certainly valid. Russell Wilson threw four interceptions, and they turned it into two field goals. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers yep. did nothing with those turnovers, which, you know, that, that gave us 16 nothing at half in 19-7 late in the fourth quarter. That game should have been about 30-7. to by that point in time, if Rodgers and the offense had done anything. And now, it wasn't just Rodgers. Mike McCarthy lost his nerve at the goal line a couple of times, and he kicked field goals instead of going for touchdowns, um, things, you know, things to that effect. And, and hey, it was, trust me, that was a total team collapse in that game, like you guys yeah. pointed out. Brandon Bostic and, 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 and Ha-Ha Clinton Dix falling down and Julius Peppers telling him to fall down. And we go through 10 different plays to why they lost that game. But Aaron Rodgers deserves just as much blame for that 2014 NFC title game as anybody else on that roster because that offense was put in position time after time after time again to put that game away early and put it away after three quarters, and they just never could get it done. Rob, it's uh... (laughs) – I want to. I want to end on a high note. I want to end on like I don't want to end about the misery. Yes. I want to end on a high yes. note, Robbie. Yeah, uh, talk for, about the next quarterback, my friend. <laughs> I was going to say your numerical, uh, your numerical breakdown of all the time uh, with the Packers for Rodgers yeah. and, and, and you know all the the good that he's done uh, for the history of the game. But all right, Robbie. I mean, this is Jordan. This is it. Jordan. This is Jordan Love time. By God, Brian Gutekunst, Matt Lafleur have hitched their bandwagon to Jay Love. This this is a career defining moment. For all three, what happens? Yeah, you know, I, I'll, I'll just quick touch on, on your other point first, too. You know, Rogers did an enormous amount of good things for the organization, right? I mean, he wasn't wrong yesterday when he told McAfee he's arguably the best player in franchise history. I wouldn't put him there personally. I'd still give Favre a, a, a nod by, a, by just a notch. Um, Favre played a much tougher era and generation in terms of building up these stats, and he went to two Super Bowls. Bart Starr's got to be in the conversation with his five Super Bowls, although I even even Bart himself, and I talked to Bart many times through the years about this. Bart said, you know, Brett Favre had more talent in one finger than Bart did in his whole body. Um, you know, and, and obviously Don Hudson's at all, you know, probably the greatest wide receiver, not named Jerry Rice, in the history of the league, right? And Aaron Rodgers is on that Mount Rushmore then, right? So, so before we, you know, kick Rodgers out of town and completely wave goodbye to him, I, you know, it is important, I think, to, to realize, you know, he's in the top four or five players in the history of, you know, arguably, you know, the most historic franchise out there. What's going to happen with Jordan Love? I mean, we all can't wait to see, right, Evo? This, this, this is just like 08 with Aaron Rodgers, only Rodgers took over a team back in 08, if you remember, that was coming off a trip to the NFC title game and was 13-3, and and they had the greatest one-year drop in the history of the league. They only won six games in 2008. But we knew that year that Rodgers was going to be special. We, we knew he had a chance to be really good. Um, they gave away a lot of games late that year. They lost, I think they were like 1-7 or something that year, Evo in one score game. Um, you know, but Rodgers was great, really good that year. He was like 28 touchdowns, 13 picks. So his, you know, it, 
his stat line was was terrific. He threw for more than four thousand yards. Uh, it, it's going to be fascinating now, Evo. They, they've got to get Jordan Love a couple more weapons. He can't go to battle next year with just uh, Christian Watson and and Romeo Dubs, and we'll see who they bring back from you know the the, the, the rest of the free agents that are floating around out there. They, they've got to go and invest a couple high draft picks on you know beefing up the passing game for Jordan Love, but. But I think we saw enough in that Philadelphia game and some other moments through last year, and, and they certainly felt they saw enough on a day-in, day-out uh, basis with the practice stuff with Jordan Love that, that he's ready to roll. And, and we're talking about a conference right now, guys. I mean, boy, you rank the quarterbacks in that conference and, and outside the kid from Philadelphia, where do you go after that? It's, it's not a particularly strong conference, right, for quarterback play where it, it's not going to take Jordan Love. If, if Jordan Love hits guys, it's not going to take long before we're talking about him in the same conversation as being a Pro Bowl quarterback mm-hmm. just because, you know, it, it's not the AFC, right? It's, there, there, there's no Mahomes. There's no Burrow. There, there's no Josh Allen. There's no Justin Herbert floating around right now in the NFC. So I, I think the kids got a chance to be really good uh, right out of the chute. Again, they're coming off an 8-9 season. It's they're in a little bit of a rebuild here. They're, they're, they're going to take some hits at free agency. They already have. The roster probably won't be as good next year for Jordan Love as it was this year for Aaron Rodgers. But, Evo, I'll tell you what, too. Tell me. The division's not, the division's not great, right? I mean, Minnesota's, Minnesota's going to drop four games from what they won last year. Detroit's on the up. I, I would give them a slight nod as a favorite. The Bears have the number one pick in the draft for a reason. They were the worst team in the division last year. That, that if, if Green Bay can do some nifty things here the next four or five weeks, I think with Jordan Love, guys, they can still challenge for the NFC North next year. Robbie. I know you got uh, some some uh, family time to take care of, so I appreciate you stepping away uh, to you know preach your sermon of Rogers. I implore everyone to go to Forbes.com, Conley Media, Rob Reichel on Twitter. You the man, Rob. It's a new era now, and it's time to start thinking of some new stories, right? I mean, Aaron Rodgers would write itself. Now we'll see what happens with Jay Love. Yeah, we, we we've got an entirely new book to write, don't we? Yep, the old book is closed. Now we. Yep. Now we, now we start a new one with, with this kid, and we find out everything possible that we, we, we can learn and know about George Love. And, and, and this is kind of fun when, when you do turn the page. I, I think they had gone as far as they could, guys, and you know this, how I felt on this. You know, with, with Aaron Rodgers and their salary cap issues and, and him pushing 40 years old, it, it's just time to find out what the new guy can do. Rob, you the man. And uh, real quick, yay or nay, Badgers get a big win on their trek for a national title against Liberty. On Sunday, <laughs> you think they can match that whopping attendance on Sunday of the thirty nine hundred from the, the other night? Well, it's you know it's not Why, those, it's not an eight thirty tip. Those are, those are some face, those are some faithful fans. It's at yeah. eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. Perfect for all the boomers on a Sunday. They're gonna get to ten thousand, Rob. We're gonna do it, Robbie. Uh, I will make a, a little side bet with you on that one, Nelly, my friend. <laughs> hey, Rob, we love you, bud. We love you, Rob. All right, guys. We'll have stuff up all day on Forbes.com yes, if, if the listeners want to go there. No, I'll send them right there. See you, Robbie. All right. Thanks, boys. See you, bud. All right, there is Rob Reichel.